yeah, I have a Josh Tinley on again. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, you've been doing a lot lately. Uh, you seem very lucky to be in New Brunswick. It seems like it's close to a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the main thing. It's like um, I have, I'm, I'm definitely in a position to wear like a lot of other comics. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of the comics want to come to you from other open, like other open mics, and and I'll do other things, but they just don't have the other resources to, or they're not like in a good area. Right. So, like, I'm definitely fortunate for that. I definitely don't take that for granted. Yeah, because you have like you have the stress factor, which I don't know if you go to if they have mics there at all anymore. Yeah, they don't. They don't do it anymore. But if they did, I'd definitely be there. Because you have Alan Witch, and then yeah. uh, co-op. Co-op. On Sundays, and then you have uh, your thing at the uh, uh, Hooters. Now, is that uh, a yeah Hooters? That's in East Brunswick. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got some places, man, and you know you 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 do. uh, You also have uh, what's it called? Um, Long Sunday, right? Yeah, that's in New Brunswick. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of stuff, and you know those two things, the shows like that I just mentioned, like, those. Is it hard to, like, was it was it hard to figure, find that out? Like, how did that all come about, the uh, Long Sunday? So the Long Sunday, um, we've I've been, probably been doing it for, like, a year and a half now, mm-hmm. a little bit over that. And uh, somebody hit me up and was like, hey, they want to do, you know, he usually runs rap shows, but he, he, he goes to every rap show, and every rap show is the same, where it's just rap, and it's, you know... Um, that's it. So he hit me up. He was like, hey, he knows I'm a comedian. He's like, yo, do you want to just, you know, um, do a do a comedy show? And um, the the venue that he was in the rapture at, I had hit the guy up uh, who owned it uh, for a comedy show, but he never got back to me. So I was just, like, kind of going over his head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then ever since then, I was probably back, like, last year, like I said, like a year and a half ago. And we've been... Uh, doing it ever since but we just been changing venues and stuff like that but you know it still hasn't stopped you know uh okay so it's not is it still in the same place that it is now or yeah well, so we else? started we started in, at pinos in Holland park mm-hmm. and um we went to new brunswick and then now we're in north brunswick so then like this is our permanent location right now because we've been here probably for a good most amount of, of the time oh okay yeah, because the one I went to, it was like, it was like the rap studio, so it was like mm-hmm. pretty cool. It was cool how it was all set up, you know. It was, they had like so much stuff. They're like, we have music here, we have food, we have like weed here. It's like, oh, that's cool. It was. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting setup, and it's, it's actually, um, it's one of those rooms to where like I definitely use as a, like I feel like every comedian should have like a tryout room. Oh, yeah, for sure. You should have a room that you work stuff out in that you're in charge of. Um, you know, because uh, normal normal comedians, they would just go to a club and, like, you know, hang out. And right. They can time, you know. Um, but you know, New Jersey doesn't have a lot of clubs. No, we don't have a lot of clubs. And it's very, like, unless you go to New York, it's very hard to get past that clubs anyway. Because they have a specific brand of comedy that they like. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's tough to, so, like, we're... You know, that's the cool thing about what the place that we're in with comedy is like we've kind of created it. <laughs> we've kind of like invented everything. Yeah. So everything, is, everything that, that we have done is on our own accord. Like just because stress stopped doing their their shows doesn't mean that comedy stops. Right. Like no, like stress factory stopped doing open mic. Uh, it doesn't mean that comedy stops in New Jersey. It just means that hey we got to come up with different ways to, to do comedy. And that's what's, that's what's been happening before. And that's what's going to be happening after, even if they still bring it back. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you've been doing comedy a while now. It's been like three or four years now, right? Yeah, well, I started, uh, like, a, like, like further when I first got on stage. It was like 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I... I don't really claim those those years because it's just more and all. Right. You know, I was sure I wasn't committed, but consistently, yeah, I 
would say I was I've been doing comedy since like two thousand and uh I wanna say two thousand and nineteen. Uh and then the pandemic happened. Right. And then after that, you know, uh it took probably took probably a year off because, you know, COVID. Right. Um and then now it is I started back up uh right after COVID and you know it's it's been up since since then, you know. Yeah. And it always seems like you're always coming up with the best stuff. <laughs> like, I love how you sort of have mentioned it. And I think, like, in one of your jokes, I think it's true. Like, you have your comedy voice for now. Like, you know, it always changes. You never know, like, what's going to happen <laughs> with, like, yeah. how your how your act goes and changes. But, like, when you mentioned that, I was like, yeah. And I can understand how both that is, like, that's both very fulfilling, but it also can be frustrating because you're like, oh, I have to be like an actual person. I can't be this cartoon character all the time. <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and even with that, it's like it doesn't just because you have your voice doesn't make doesn't mean that you're sure all the time. Like, oh yeah. I'm like definitely unsure, like most of the time. And like that, I, even that joke is like I don't necessarily think it's like that's my you know necessarily like voice right you know when i when i think of voice i don't just mean like how you sound oh right of course comedy voice is like you know your style um just like the kind of jokes that you go after also like you know i'm definitely nowhere near actually finding my actual voice but i definitely do like to play around uh, with my, like, you know, just the way I say things. Right. If you want to hear my perspective, like, I'm very self-deprecating in my act, so I love what you do because there are just so many, you know, there are so many comics, especially black comics, who go on stage and try and be confident and cool, and I feel like self-deprecating humor has, like, kind of become, like, old school a little bit. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, seeing you do that stuff is always so fun. And the angles that you, like, choose to put yourself in. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely, like, um, I see the way that you're, you, you say your jokes and the way that, like, the self-deprecating stuff. But also, like, I don't think it's necessarily self-deprecating. Sometimes, like, I'll, like, you know, it may seem like that, but really I'm just... I'm a realist and I like to be right. real myself. Of course. And I feel like even you do that in your jokes where you're just being real with yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. You have to be. Saying things how they are, but in your perspective and how what you think about yourself. And that's that's the most important thing is how you really think about yourself and, and transforming that perspective into making it funny because you can get people to relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because it can be very bad. Like, I've, I've learned from personal experience it can be very unhealthy to be self-deprecating in a way. Oh, yeah. It can be extremely uh, unhealthy on, a, on like, a real level, like, mental health level. Yeah, dude, I, got, I, have, I have a joke where I say something self-deprecating, and um, I had to punch it up. Right. I, I didn't get rid of it. I had to punch it up because when I would say, when I would say this joke, it would get such a like it wasn't it was a laugh at you response right a, that happens a lot a, yeah it was it's a like laugh. people yeah. either laugh at you or you yeah. get like the awe and you're like no i don't want the awe <laughs> this yeah. is funny you can laugh it's silly it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly when you get the awe then that's like that's something that i try to work around if i get awes usually i'm like i i might not i might have to drop that joke right because yeah and I, I can also relate to you in that we have a similar thing, like how you have the thing with Ricky. I had that with Dan. Like, yeah, we're yeah. very close, but they roast us all the time. And it keeps you on your toes, and you have to write more and be like, okay, I'm aware of that. But it can get frustrating when someone is so much, like, just ahead of you joke-wise that you're just like, you're just like, oh, you're trying to fight from underneath. You're like... <laughs> like with especially I like how you brought that up too because sometimes you you may feel like you know somebody is just so much more better than you and I, I to be honest with you like i said i feel like ricky's definitely way better than me in terms of confidence in terms of i was saying confidence like i'm not comparing comedy i'm just saying like in terms of roasting level of like it was the same thing with dan like he would just outclass me at every every time and i would just be like i have to figure out a way to 
say stuff back and not be too harsh and be like <laughs> that's my that's my that's and it's crazy as you say that it's that's my thing it's like all right comedy isn't being i mean you could be that comic but it's like you don't want to you want to find the crap that's in between yeah uh, the, the the not it's not it can't be lame and it can't be too harsh right you gotta find something in the middle that's um that's just something that like shows that you genuinely don't care but it's still funny yeah that's the process that i'm still learning in terms of roasting but in in terms of like just comedy too i do feel like um in terms of comfort comfortability and this is why like i'm i'm so honest you know yeah i like you know i i do think everybody has their different styles and uh Sometimes, like, my style won't work out for some 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 things. Uh, sometimes Ricky's style won't work out. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like um, it's good to have that back and forth, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, that competition and, like, competitiveness because it gets you better. But, you know, people look up that on the outside and they're like, oh, these guys hate each other, you know? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's. I was talking with uh, uh, Nick about this, Sanchez. Like, he has the same thing with... Uh, now, I was talking with Andy. Him and Andy uh, Bustamante have the same deal where they just make fun of each other. Like, okay, yeah. they get along super well. And it's like the same thing with me and Dan. Like, when we met, he just immediately started making fun of me and I was cool with it. And people were like, people are like, you guys enemies? It's like, no, we talk every day. Like, <laughs> we're cool. So, like, I got that vibe from you and Ricky. Maybe I'm not like, are you guys pretty good friends? Definitely like we are in like group chats together and like yeah it's all, like to me and like every time every time like I've had Ricky I've done I've done shows and killed and Ricky there and hyped me up I Ricky done shows and you know I, he normally kills so I hype him up right. and it's been shows to where you know I've been on to where like I've been bombing and then Ricky would be the only person in the crowd like laughing helping me out right and I definitely like don't take that lightly because at the end of the day. You know, when all said and done, we can make fun of each other and do all this stuff and whatever. But hey, then we know we both know we're in this for the long run. Yeah, right. and it's, it's only a matter of time until we both get great. Oh yeah, know? for sure. And you've gotten, you know, it's it's cool to me to watch people evolve and like see it over a period of time. And I really feel like I've seen that with you, you and Kyle Colorado. There's just like a night and day difference of when you started to where you are now on stage. You're just yeah, so comfortable. And I just love, like, it's a, it feels like such a weird thing to say to a fellow comedian, but, like, I admire how silly you are on stage. Appreciate it. I want to get to that level of silliness. Thank, thank you. Like, like, definitely. Like, I, to be honest with you, I, it's, it's almost like, because when you do comedy, it's really you trying to find yourself. Yeah. And find the reason why you're really doing this. Because, like, if you... I don't know if you've, you've like, contemplated quitting yet. Oh, all the time. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm at the point right now to where, like, I'm not contemplating quitting. Right. I'm really looking at my life as in, like, yo, I could be doing all these other things. Right. I'm, I'm choosing... I'm making a commitment to do comedy... There has to be something in this every time I get on stage that is, you know, making me want to do this. You know? Oh, of course. I don't think I've ever lost that. I think it's more of like a, I don't know, to me, it, it never would, even though I'd say it probably, I probably would never quit, you know? Yeah, no, it's like the level of commitment, I guess, goes like what you're going to go with it is really how you sort of get with yourself. You're like, okay, maybe I'll just do these stay local thing and... You know, to me, it's it's been tough, you know, ever since, you know, COVID. But even before that, was just like, I found, I was very lucky in that kind of a double-edged thing. Like, I wish that I stayed with this one group of people. Like, mm-hmm. Joe, I started with Joe McAndrew and all those guys. Yeah. And, like, they're, like, the top, like, the echelon of, like, New Jersey now. And I was there, like, you know, when I was 22, 23. But, you know... Over time, I spent time with other comics and just, you know, things change. You go through different periods of where you're with different groups of friends and different groups of comics. And that has a positive because that helped me learn other styles, like being with uh, um, John Beecroft, 
like traveling with him taught me how to do like one-liner stuff like Mitch Hedberg style and then being with Eric Harbach he was like I got to go to Texas with him two years ago that was awesome he's very like dirty and then living with VJ and like traveling with him like he is so fucking smart (laughs) and dark it's like the car rides we would have with me and just him would be hilarious the car rides with me him and Dan would just be hilarious like you wish they were filmed of like it's probably like how you are if you ever travel with Ricky. It's like you're like, yeah. how are people not seeing this right now? <laughs> I, think, I think about DJ that I will say is just that DJ, his mind works. I feel like a model. Oh yeah, and he's so time, smart. Like, I'm like pondering to see what he's gonna say next. It's like I, I kind of get a little bit intimidated because I know my mind doesn't work on that level. My my mind works definitely differently to where like I re- I look at something and I'll be able to like twist it or like you know look and say and like make my own perspective or do something like that. But like in terms of just like all right coming up with stuff in your head like automatically just put it out there like do it up punchline do it up. It's like oh yeah. It's, it's like I don't the way his mind works. Is no, crazy. it's wild. I definitely feel like it's it's kind of weird to me that he hasn't like been picked up by like a TV show. Or like late night to write because he's just like has that that yeah. like style of like oh yeah these jokes just come like peppered in every conversation and like yeah. it honestly and it's like it's so weird because now that we have places like uh it's almost like a whole new generation of of comics are coming up and i, I definitely didn't expect them to come out of like uh, Asbury like that. But oh, like, yeah, for sure. Like the, the Scoop and stuff like that. The Scoop like, was really good for... It's very good for the area. Because when COVID happened, we had a lot of... Uh, and especially with, uh, like, around Long Branch area, was, like, Asbury Long Branch area, was uh, the Brighton Bar. You know, that that sort of dying out and place closing down, that was a big hit for us. Because that was, like, the epicenter of the comedy world that had started, you know, when, you know, I uh, I started in 2015. Like, I consider, like, 2013, 2014 when Joe McAndrew and Angela started to be, like, the the very beginning of that area. So, like, when it was just a very cool, like, melting pot of, like, when we got there, like, four years later, we just had, like, all these comics that were, you know that would come to this hub and it was just like, oh yeah. And then it died out a little bit and, you know, there's been stuff, but you know, it's, uh, it's really good to have the scoop because it just gives that. And Joe has such a like infectious love for comedy. Yeah. So like, I think that's a really good thing. And even though it's chaotic and, like, I can be kind of, uh, you know, it's so funny. I don't know if you have this, because you're always, I feel like you have a good attitude, too, during shows and stuff, like, of just going with the craziness a little bit. Like, you kind of have to have that, I think, as a good host, which you are. To me, I'm like, I have been doing comedy way too long to get upset about bad comedy. <laughs> I always feel that. I'm like, I should be handling this hell room better. <laughs> but also, like, also, you have to too like especially when like it depends because like you'll i see some new comics get up and like i want to like them a lot yeah mind you, like i don't even especially when it's a newer comic i don't look at people's heads like i don't look at people's heads and even even if you're an older comic i have to really really like you in order to pay attention to you because you know why when i come up when i came up like, I came up with, like, Joe McAndrew, too, with, like, Distress Factory and, like, Dan Farley and, and Gordon Baker. And, like, yeah, Reggie. those guys are, you know, yeah. th- those guys are, like, the top of New Jersey, like, comedy. Like, those guys, you name those guys, they're they're fantastic. So I can imagine the layer of, like, that you aspire to with people. It's like... Yeah, and it's, it's cool to have them as, as peers now, but back then, when I had first started, when I got up on stage and I would be at Distress... Everybody would walk, like, all the comments that I respected, and they, they would walk out the room. And I never took any type of, I didn't feel any type of way about it, because, like, I knew, I'm like, I'm not even, I'm nowhere near close to where right. I need to be, you know? And I'm it probably wasn't, there. and it probably wasn't a personal thing, like, that no, deep. No. They probably just didn't know you yet personally, and, you know, you were a new kid, and, you know, to me, that was the, the interesting thing when I started 
you know, when I started doing stand up, I was young. I was the youngest in my peer group of the people that started. So like, it's funny, like I started with Jack Steiger. He was like 27 (laughs) and I was 21 or 22. And it's like, you know, now we're, now we're close to our age and it's not that weird, but it is, it can be hard when you're like, when you're like the baby of the group, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> no one knows, can know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, but also it's, it was just like on that, like it was on a level of like, yeah, well, like I mean, they're they're walking out, but also at the same time, I didn't I didn't start comedy for them, like I didn't start doing this because oh I'm I'm gonna try and like and I'm and there's a thing where you you want to impress your peers, you know, but you oh of course. Not, and when, at the end of the day, if somebody walks out that you admire, you ask somebody, they, you know, I had, I had, a, I, I got a lot of comics come up to me, ask me, hey, dude, you watch my set, and I'm like, I, nah, I mean, I didn't because, I mean, I know it may mean a lot to you, but at the end of the day, like you, you need to just understand that you need to get better. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The validation of your peers isn't going to get you better. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, I I think that's a good way to look at it. I think the way to just, I think the only way to really get better is to do stuff that is hard. And that is, like, that really brings it out. Because that's the only way you're going to get better is if you do these difficult shows and these difficult mics and you're just like, Okay, how can I really test myself? And putting yourself in those situations where you're around those names that we mentioned, like being around those people will just, you know, the closer you are in that, like, in that realm, and they just can see what you do, it just gets you, like, so much further. Like, when COVID happened, like, we came back, sort of our, like, Jersey Shore crew, we came back in like three months. Like we were worse than athletes in how we came back to to comedy. And uh, like, to me, my thing was performing in front of other comedians. It's like, okay, how do I get better? Because like, I don't, I'm not performing in front of an actual audience. So my thing was, I wanted to make those people that I admire laugh. Like if I can make Sean McDonough laugh, like that was like my goal. I was like, I want to make... You know, I want to make Farley laugh. It's like if I can get them to to laugh at my stuff, I'll be I'll be fine. It's like that'll be that'll be an acknowledgement. Like I remember I was in the car one time with VJ. We're driving back, and this made me like so happy that I made him laugh. We're just being he's just being irreverent as always. And I made the comment: "Were comedians in cars getting canceled?" Yeah. <laughs> and he laughed really hard at that. And that was like an ego boost for me of like, oh, I cracked a BJ up. That's so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I get what you're saying because, like, like I said, like, if I'm, if, if this is specific comics where I respect, respect, like, yo, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'll be trying to, like, figure out how they do what they do. And I get them to laugh, then I'm, I'm definitely feeling good about myself. Oh, yeah, for sure. If it's, if it's just like most people, I don't really care. Right. About, like, like, and there's even like there's certain people on the scene that I know that no matter you know what where they go go at in life, like if they decide to quit comedy, I know they'll always be funny. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like me, I gotta work for it every day. Yeah. Like, I gotta work. I gotta get up and do and do the work. I gotta open my. I make sure I write every day. Right. There's some people that don't get me wrong. They do. They still have to put in the work. But 100 percent, Vijay's got the talent. Rookie's got the, the talent. You know, like Sean McDonough. Got, he's got the talent. Everybody oh yeah, knows. they're just, just got them, you know. And to them, it's like the cool thing about doing this podcast and talking to everyone is everyone has the same insecurities. Like even like the bigger comics that I have, like interviewed there, everyone has the same level of self confidence. It's crazy. You like. We can put in our head like how successful we think people are, but I mean that's kind of the weird thing with comedians is we're never really happy with ourselves or with our jokes or with anything. We're just like, no, this has to get better. No, you're listen. You're absolutely right. Like I'm when I get off stage, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes I I do I do like if I if I know I had like a good set, I'd be like, all right, I had a good set. I'm I'm fine, but like right. there's definitely something always in me that's like, oh, I messed up a one joke or I did something wrong. And it's, it's, it's I, honestly, it's, it's a miserable life, but it's 
It's great, honestly. I love it. No, yeah. I think it depends on your mood always and, like, Sometimes I was just like, sometimes recently I was like, is this what 30 is going to be like for me? Like being older where I'm going to have a set and I'm going to bomb, but I'm going to like that I bomb because I can at least <laughs> improve from it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just you got to take your battles, but also yeah. like you, I also understand that like every day is a, is a battle. So yeah. It's like I'm fighting upwards to get to somewhere, you know, whether it be, um, you know, just getting up every night, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, understanding my comfortability and what I do and that's what I've really been trying to be comfortable yeah because at this point like I'm just hitting the same mics and um trying to write more jokes but like I'm at the point right now to where it's just like I I need to I need to officially um do more to challenge myself you know and not just with like I mean well yeah just pretty much just with you know, stage presence and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, for sure. That's something very important because that's how you build and that's how you, you know, end up getting better, you know. Right. Yeah. It, it was so interesting on Sunday for me to just be like, okay, I, I loved, the, I was so psyched with the lineup of like comedians that came on Sunday and was like, this is going to be so good. <laughs> and then. I just had a really weird set, and I was just like, yeah, this is... I was just, like, outclassed, and I was like... I didn't even go yesterday, because I was like, I need to write. Like, like I never skip mics, really. And it's just like, I was like, I need to write more. And I need to, like, come at this in a new aspect. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you can just have those nights where you're like, oh, yeah. Like, I don't know, you probably have experienced this. Everyone experiences this, where you're like, people aren't on such a different ball field than I am. <laughs> Definitely have like those nights to where it's just like I am like I'm the weirdest guy in the world. Like I, people right. talking about. I mean, like that's saying a lot around like comedians. Right. Exactly. Always talking about weird shit. Like, yeah. Same. Like have a process to where I can do like crowd work or talk to somebody because I'm able to do that in writing which is great but when it comes to like crowd work it's like all right, I gotta be able to think about things and process it you know in a way that's like all right let me digest it and let it out you know because when it comes just to how I think on a regular day basis that's not how it's like at all you know <laughs> it's like right. something goes in my ear and it gets scrambled around, and then I digest it, and I it goes through my system, and it takes some time, and then I spit out whatever I spit out. You know? Oh yeah, it's the same thing. Like I always used to say this, with a lot of times, how I get my jokes or used to really doesn't really happen anymore because my sleeping is better. But when I used to have really bad insomnia, like I would write jokes at like four in the morning, three four in the morning, and be like, okay, now I have to like edit this down to be able to explain it to normal functioning people. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. weird idea that it came up with at three in the morning of like, okay. and you know, and the hardest thing is like getting rid of jokes is really hard too, because like you can love a joke and even lo- you can like a joke a whole lot and be like your favorite joke in the set and people cannot like it at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They're like, I don't fuck with this at all, and it's like, no, this is my favorite joke. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think any joke is a bad joke I mean well I think there are bad jokes but also I think that it's important that that you if you feel feel like something is good yeah give it time leave it oh yeah of course you know keep it in your book you know don't throw any throw any notes out right because who knows in a, in a, in a couple of years and those are the best jokes to me because those jokes that I walk away from and then I like alright I'm in the mood to where I'm like in, in my writing spree I'm writing like a lot cause you know there's ups and downs where you write all the time but if I'm going on a writing spree and I go back to those jokes and I like I can literally touch up oh this is what I meant by this, this right is what I'm, and also, like, the cool thing is hindsight, like, you can look back at things, like, years later and be like, okay, I have a different perspective on this joke now at this point of my life. Yeah. And be like, okay, exactly. this is what I feel now. Like, I definitely have a lot of jokes that don't, 
I don't fit anymore, but I still say. Right. Which is, you know, it is what it is. It's just kind of where I am, but I definitely still write every day. Right. Just to make sure that I'm doing my due diligence. But if whenever possible, I could get rid of those jokes, I, pr- I probably will because, you know, at some point, you know, it's just, I don't need them. You know? Right. Because you're, you're moving around stuff. I have some. I have stuff that like people who've seen me in the beginning, but haven't seen me since. They'll kind of see me and they'll like mention old jokes that I do, and it's like, oh yeah, I don't even do that joke anymore. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like so weird. How do you feel about um, releasing your stuff on um, Instagram and the internet? Well, to me, that's very hard because for the past uh, four years now. I've been working on uh, writing my uh, debut album, debut special that I want to do in a couple of years and in literally like one and a half, one and a half years, like basically. <laughs> and uh, it's tough because like I have these bits that work and like now I've just been doing like throwaway bits, like bits that are not going to be like on there. Okay. And But for the longest time it was hard because to me, I always my thing behind it is I'm only going to post it if the audience, if I'm killing, like, I'm only going to post a clip if I'm killing. I know people, I have friends, like comedians who, you know, they post everything and like, that takes real courage to me because I'm, no, I need that like thing of like, if I get a mean comment, I can just be like, the people in the audience laughed. (laughs) That's, and that's all that matters to me. This is just a bonus of me putting it up. If I put yeah, up, exactly. if I put up a clip where I'm bombing and I get shit for it, it's like, yeah, you deserve average. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But if I'm like, no, if it's audible that I'm killing, then I can share this moment. And it's so tough because you can't always recreate that moment either. You can think like, oh, this this killed really well here in this room, and then you share it online. It doesn't get the same like reverence of it at all, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. It was better in the room. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's just, it's just my process of like, uh, I, I don't know. I see, because I see a lot of other comedians online. They'll just get, they'll get on stage. If they get a new joke, they'll record it. If they have a joke that's good, they'll record it and they'll put it on the internet. And, you know, I think we're getting into age now, so we're like, it's okay to release stuff as long as you make sure that people know it's yours. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you stamp your name on it. And even if, you know, you you drop a special years from now, people will still enjoy that special with those jokes in it. Yeah. Or they might even watch the special because they want to hear that joke. Yeah, in its full form, too. In its full form. So, in like, I know even Patrice... Uh, O'Neill, he would drop things periodically over the years. Right. And in his only special that he did, he it was pretty much a compilation of those, those all those jokes that he had worked on. You saw various sets of, from him like throughout the years. And with that, I think it's something too. And I think like I'm in that case, I'm going to start releasing a lot more content. Yeah. Because you know, and if you want to get booked on these shows. Uh, people and I've had people like see that I do comedy or they'll see my my reels, and I have random people hit me up and be like, "Hey, we want you to do comedy or like we think you're funny. We want you to do comedy." Right. If, you, if people think you're funny, if you don't really have reels or anything, if if people can't see that you're funny, then it it won't happen. But if you if you have proof, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Like to me. What I've been talking a lot about now, like especially what you said with posting stuff online, is I see this all the time with people that are newer, is they sort of post like they sort of post everything from like their first because they want to treat it like a movie, like comedy, kind of like a movie, like you know. And to me, I'm like, to me, I'm kind of against that because I'm like, no, there are spots that you're not going to want to share. There are moments that like growing pains that you have to go through that you don't have to share online, you know. I waited like a year and six months to put up my jokes on online. And it was just like, because I didn't know how to write a joke back then. Like, technically, I didn't know the structure of like set a punchline yet. And once I got comfortable with that, of like, okay, this is at least like coherent enough to be a joke, 
it's online. Like, you know, if I posted my first five things online, it would be terrible. Like, those sets, the first 10 sets I have were awful, <laughs> as anyone thought. Yeah. Are. yeah. Like, and, and, like, like, and that's what another coming back to another point to where, like, you, like, me, especially when I first started, it was just like, I was so shitty. I was so bad. But, like, um, I I totally understood that, like, what the process was. It's like, hey, I, it's not like, because a lot of comedians, they get on stage and they do very, very well for the first time. Oh, like, yeah, hey, for sure. I'm just doing comedy now. Like, that didn't that didn't happen for me. No. I got on stage. I decided I wanted to get good at this. Right. You know, I didn't do well. So I was like, hey, this is something I'm going to commit to finding out. And that's what I've been doing. Yeah. And I don't know if this is the same for you. I've had it with other people if they have this thing, too. I think it's very common. It, was. it took me a long time to feel comfortable calling myself a comedian. If that makes sense, like publicly, like I used to call myself an amateur comedian for many, many years. And now like, you know, it's, it's so funny. I've only gotten paid very little, but I'm just like, now that I have, I'm just like, I can call myself a comedian now. Like I can do that now. I've been doing it long enough that I can probably call myself a comedian. But for so many years, I was like, if people would just ask me, I was like, oh, I do comedy. <laughs> That's all I would say. So like, I still don't like, like tell people like I work with, like I'm going to work and like, I have a few people find out that I do comedy. Right. And they're like, um, they're like, oh, yeah, like, uh, tell me a joke and stuff like that. But, like, I, I'll never tell people. About oh, really? Because, yeah. Yeah, it can um, be hard that way, too. Because you got to stay professional in your job. Oh, yeah, for sure. Want, the last thing I need is, is somebody call, like, coming in, like, trying to, like, you know, like, Force a, like I don't know, make me look bad or oh, of course, my account and start looking up my um my internet history and that's the last thing that I need. So it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, you know. Uh, I guess the one thing that was kind of interesting to me was to hear like kind of certain things about your past. I don't know if you're comfortable talking about this. If you don't want to, it's fine. But I, uh, you said um that you were raised very religious. Has that affected your comedy a lot? Um, I don't really think it has. I've just been trying to talk a lot more about, you know, like myself and, you know, trying to figure out what makes me different as a person, what makes me interesting. So, like, that's what I've been bringing up and talking about. And I feel like just in general, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it hasn't really affected me. Nah, I just, I've. I'll, I'll probably always be religious because of that sense, but right. we'll probably always dislike just church, you know? That makes <laughs> Cause sense. Because of the know. stuff that you were raised in, like, I've heard a little bit about it, what you've mentioned, and I've just been like, that's, in, you know, it's it's so funny. It's like, to me, I'm like, that'd be interesting to talk about on the podcast, but I don't want to get, like, too personal with him. of, like, no, I'm, you know? I'm definitely open in terms of just talking about that, especially because it's like, you know, a lot of people are religious. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not the only one. Right. I feel like, um, but I feel like I've been trying to talk about it because the perspective of like trying to make something a joke, like I, we, we used to have church in our house mm-hmm. and I've been trying to make it that a joke for the longest because, you know, some people... Uh, were homeschooled. We were homeschooled too, but like some people were homeschooled. But I was, I went to like church, like in my living room. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to just find something funny out of that, you know, look at a different angles and stuff like that. So it's comedy is just like when you get in the room, especially when you get in the room for the comics. Yeah. To figure out who you are, you know, it's so important because everybody was. Yeah, you find some way to stand out. It's like what I've been doing lately with talking a lot about more about my autism and stuff. It's like that's just a new way to get angle to get into things and be like, okay, this is a different thing. This is something to get more comfortable with. Yeah. And I see you doing that. I'm like, that's that's really good that you you're opening up. And you're starting to see the angles of, right. like, hey, these things in my life, I can use 
and make them jokes and actually that that's what makes me yeah it makes me different you know and it's also there's a really healthy catharsis to it with comedy too it's like okay you do this it you know it exposes certain things in a good way it makes people think about things and you know people can probably relate to like something that you might not find would be totally relatable so just to ask like was your was your dad like a preacher yeah, yeah, he was a pastor here. Ah. He was a pastor, and he, uh, we all, like, we started our own church. And, um, it was, it was, you know, it was fun, you know, at times, mm-hmm. you know, and we used to, we were able to, I was able to, like, be very artistic if it was for, like, church. Right. Like, if we're, if I was doing anything artistic, if I was learning to sing or learning to play the drums or if I was learning to act or it would always be have to do with church. Right. Like, and like, I, I don't know what your relationship is with your parents, but like, it just seems like that's a good relatable thing though with comedy to be like, you see, you grow up seeing someone kind of talk in front of people that kind of like digest into like what you do where, Hey, you're talking in front of people. It's like that similar like thing you grow up seeing all the time. Yeah. Did that? Do you think that had an effect on you being able to talk on stage like, like that? We used to do like growing up. Like we used to do like public speaking, uh, like uh, competitions, and we used to do um, like like we used to speak in front of the church all the time. Mm-hmm. Like get up and read scriptures and right. do all these different kind of things. So like getting up and speaking in front of people never really been new to me right but it, nothing has changed because I've, I've always been a nervous person so like oh right yeah it, yeah so like even even if i was like i did start at a young age but i've still always been like super nervous so like <laughs> I, I know a lot of people like hey well like i've been doing this you know since i was a kid like yeah i've been doing this since i was a kid but i still get nervous all the time <laughs> i think there's a different nervousness to like everything like especially performing my my oldest nephew he's like 11 now and he could be like a child actor like he is so confident but uh when he started doing stuff in school like performing and stuff like he would get shy and i and my sister was like surprised by it because he's never been a shy person and i'm like no because he has pressure on himself now when he's being himself and being silly and being like just himself he doesn't have to perform for anybody he's being himself But when he has to play, like, an instrument in front of people, now there's pressure to do a good job. (laughs) It's like... that's what it is. It's not the getting in front of people. It's the pressure to do well. And also the the pressure that you... Other people put on you and that you put on yourself. So it's like... (laughs) That's the thing with it. And with stand-up, the one good thing about stand-up is it makes you less afraid of people in a way. Like, it doesn't make you cocky, but you're just like... You're less afraid of people. I don't know if you feel that way. Of like, once you bomb in front of certain people, or like you find out, like you don't care about people's opinion as much over time. Yeah, yeah. It like, just like after a while, I stopped really caring. Like I stopped really like actually like, oh damn, I messed up, or oh man, I hurt somebody's feelings. It's like, man, this is in the name of comedy. Right. Of course. This is in the name of me trying to do to do something you know, right i'm trying to be funny you know and it's like i'm almost sacrificing uh you know the way that you may perceive me right you know, for comedy itself and i think that's like that's just in terms of just learning what what comedy is that's the most important thing oh yeah recently i've been learning you know it's just hey man sometimes you gotta like you know try take a risk yeah know? of course and the hardest, like, thing I think with us now is deciding, like, at what point we're telling things and at what point we're just performing. Like, because I can get up and I can, you know, most of the time just tell jokes. But there are times when you can get on stage and you want to make certain points and you want to make certain, you know, beliefs known about yourself and certain stances that you take. And it's it can be hard to be like, okay, like... Like, a lot of what I did on Sunday was that, and it was just like, okay, I need to, even though I thought there were punchlines inside there, I need to make the punchlines more. And it's just, like, comes to that, where you're like, okay, how can I say this without coming off, like, 
like I'm ranting or like I'm, you know, on some type of soapbox or whatever. You gotta, you gotta make it, you gotta make it a performance. Yeah. And it's gotta be a mixture of a, of a performance and of a, of like actual written stuff. Yeah. So you're running off the script, but you gotta like make it your own, you know? And yeah. that's why like, and I, I hear people who say they practice in the mirror and I'm eventually I'm gonna have to start doing that because <laughs> it's so important to look at yourself like a performance. Yeah, I think that's a good idea too. Like I've never done that. And I think it's partly because like, the side of me just goes like, oh, I need people who laugh. But that is a good thing to like get yourself like in check of like, okay, this is what I sound like. This is what I look like while I do this thing. It's, it's the most like self like concentrated thing in stand up. It's, it's really interesting. You'll think you'll just go up there and like, I don't know if you had this when you start like recording yourself, you think, oh, this joke is six minutes long. It was 30 seconds long. <laughs> we just thought it was longer in our head of what it was. It's like you thought it was long, but it wasn't long yeah. at all. And like, I, know, I know for myself that I try to at least like be realistic. Like I may not record every set, but I know what joke works because I'm just like vain like that. I'll, I'll definitely know like, hey, this works or, or it's like... Oh, same. Because once you get that, like, we all have our mode on stage where we're our most comfortable. And, like, it's like fitting into a suit. You're like, oh, I fit here. Like, on the stage. Like, this is a stage that I fit in. This audience, this, you know, this atmosphere right here is where I can try and, like, that's what I feel with, like, the, uh, with the, um, what's it called? Uh, with Joe's thing in, uh, in, like, uh. It just feels like when I'm on that stage in the showroom, like, I know there's going to be a bunch of audience. And, like, to me, the thing is, if there's more than, like, if there's more than 10 people, I know that I'm going to do well because it's, like, process of, like, elimination. If there's, like, three people, like, one out of three people is going to laugh, you know. I have, like, I have this line <laughs> that is, I just thought I was saying, I should probably say it on stage. It's, like, what, at what point... Uh, what amount of people does the word pause become funny? It's like, <laughs> that's what it is. Like, if I get 15 people in a room, I can make them laugh. If it's just, like, just three people in an audience, I know I'm going to do terribly. <laughs> just be, like, have nothing to ride off of. Yeah, it's just, it's important to, um, to, be, realistic with yourself. Like, that's, that's the main thing. Oh, for sure. And, the realism thing is totally true. I think that's a real, you know, that's a really good word to put it because especially at this point with the way that we are in comedy, you have to be that way. You have to look at it in a realistic sense and not get upset at yourself. They are still in this position. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I always have to realize that I'm younger than I think I am in comedy. Like, yeah, like yeah, that's another thing. Like, I started doing improv and everything, like, comedy in general at 16. So, like, there's a lot of, like, years to be like, oh, yeah, I'm still really young. <laughs> you don't have to get, like, upset that you're not moving fast enough when you started early, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel like, especially when, like, I'm looking at it like that, it's like sometimes I do forget, like, hey, I started... I, I, I started early, like when I first got on stage, I started, I started a while ago. Right. But in terms of actually taking it seriously, yeah. I, I'm still like very young. So like, I have to remind myself like constantly, like, hey, I know you think you started in 2013, but hey, you really started in 2018, 2019. Right. And you gotta keep reminding myself. And you gotta like be nicer to yourself. I think that's the one thing that comedians and I think all artists kind of forget to do is be nicer to ourselves about shit. We're just like, everything is the be all end all. This show is gonna, you know, <laughs> if the show goes wrong, it's gonna be over for me. If, if this doesn't work, it's like, you know, I just gotta relax and be like, yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna take a while. And uh, that's the only advice that I really give to people that are starting out is like, it's gonna take a while. <laughs> It's like, I think a funny thing now, like, 
the most accurate thing that you could say to like any starting comedian either of us could say is like, do you have 10 years? <laughs> if you have 10 years, <laughs> do this. If you don't have 10 years and you don't <laughs> Even if you, and actually, like, because it's, you know, it's actually pretty sad because yeah. you just see people who say they have 10 years and you have 10 years and, you know, they, they're they not even, you know, they'll brag about being so good, but, and then they'll do, they'll put, they'll put a rank and all this stuff and they're, they're okay. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah, that's, that's the thing too. It's like, I always have that too. I try not to be like, I also try not to give too much, like, I guess credo is the word, like to experience either because comedy is mostly based on like how funny someone is and i know someone can be funnier than me if they start like two weeks ago like i know there's a capacity for that and it doesn't take anything away from me but i can at least acknowledge when someone like ricky for instance like he is years ahead of himself and it's just like it's wild to think about him and how like young he is into doing this because he's like 2019 2018 as well yeah yeah same time like yeah so there's always uh a point to it you know i think we're talking about this too it's just like at the uh showroom it's just weird you get in your head you're like eo is a terrible thing in comedy you're like you can kill for like weeks and be like oh i'm king of the world i'm great at this and then you just had that one set where you were like, oh, no, I'm back to garbage now. Yeah, no, that's normal. Yeah. That's really normal. Like, yeah. It's really normal to have that. And it's, at the end of the day, it's like you have to understand it's a process and you have to let yourself suck. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's good. that goes with anything, so. Yeah. So, I just wanted to double check uh, if we're good on time for you. Uh, I'm... Uh, Actually, I was going to say I got to head out. Yeah, so I figured. So, you know, I just wanted to, because we're wrapping up now. So I just wanted to be, uh, I just wanted to wrap up and be like, if that was okay with you, because I figured this would be a good time. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually like, headed out the door. I've been getting ready this whole time. Right? Yeah, yeah, I figured, you know. It's a, what mic are you doing tonight? I'm doing Seaward. Oh, all right. Yeah, I haven't been there in ages. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out just because I don't want to stay in the, the house for the night. I already did my writing, so now I'm headed out to see what's good with that. You know? Yeah. Good luck. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. On. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just before you go, your um, Instagram is that's JT Comedy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram at that's JT Comedy, and uh, also. If you like Facebook, you know, on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Josh Tinley. All right, great. All right, great. All right, man. See you soon. Thanks, Rich. See you soon. Bye.